Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of the new You Show. If you do not know by now, my name is Chuck. I'm the host for the new You Show. Today we're going to be sitting down with Mr. Chris Sullivan. He's a singer songwriter. He's traveled pretty much all the East Coast and been doing this for decades. Now, Chris and I go way back. Back in our heyday, we did a lot of the same things, very, very similar lifestyles, let's just say. And they were quite a bit different than our lifestyles now. I wound up seeing him on social media kind of after I was getting to a good point in my transition. And said, you know, hey, there he is. He was always a great, great guy, you know. Um, let's hey, let, let's enjoy a night out, right? So I hit him up and I said, hey bud, you know what's going on? He's like, oh my gosh, man, you know, long time no talk. I said, yeah, so you're playing over here? He said, yeah, man, come on out. I said, oh, definitely will, man. I don't really drink anymore, but you know, I'll, I'll buy you a couple. And he goes, whoa, bro, I don't drink anymore either. Wow. Okay. He said, there's been a lot that's changed in my life. I decided to take a completely different path. And I had to hear about this. So went out there, linked up with him. And man, I, I tell you, after changing quite a bit in my life, to see one of my really good friends take a similar path in his life, better himself. It was just amazing. So went and hung out for the night and we had a great time. And, you know, we've been really conversing about our paths here and learning from each other for quite a while. But I'll let Chris get more into his path. So if you guys are ready, let's dive in. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining us on the show, man. I, I want to say on behalf of the whole New You team, we really appreciate you taking your time to share your story, speak your truth, um, and hopefully not only will I be able to learn something from it, but hopefully our viewers can take some stuff with them at the uh, end of the show, man. So I'll... Uh, Go, go ahead. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's always good to see and talk to you. So, yeah, I mean, if anything I say or my story can help somebody in any way, I, you know, that's great. Yeah, man. Uh, how long have we known each other? Probably two decades now. Probably yeah. close to 20 years, yeah. And I, I'd say you At what, least 15. At least, <laughs> man. And um, I, I tell you, I, I, I was thinking about it. I'm going, man, I've talked about light stuff, heavy stuff, fun stuff, crazy stuff with you over the years and everything. 
like, why do I have the jitters, man? And it's just that it's something new. Yeah. I've never actually sat down and done an interview yeah. with you. And and the really cool thing is obviously um, we're here together. So we're able to do this one in person. But uh, I tell you what, why don't you let our audience, our listeners know whatever you want them to know about you in general uh, right now. That way they can get to know you a little better like I know you. Well, I am a professional musician. I've been playing music for probably got close to two-thirds of my life now. Um, haven't worked a square job in about 15, 16 years. I've been playing around Charleston and the south, well, really the east, up and down the east coast for about 25 years. Um, <clears throat> was in a band right out of school when I was younger, and kind of music was the only thing I ever really aspired to really wanted to do it was, the, it was the only thing I was ever um sort of better than the other people every everything else in my life I had to work really hard to be average at and it was just something I kind of had a predilection for so I'm a musician <clears throat> um I mean I'm a, a dad I'm a granddad I'm a you know I mean um all those titles but um yeah man I'm in, in a work in progress <laughs> aren't we all aren't we all and and that's a big part of this this show is discussing kind of where you are currently, you know, in, in the present moment in your life. And in order to understand how you got here, we, we kind of need to establish a, a little bit of your past, not that your past defines you at all. I, yeah. I, I'm a firm believer in what you do in this moment right. is what defines you. However, kind of a jumping point in your life to get you to this point. And if there was that, that moment that you realized, you know, Hey, just not happy with the way things are going. What was that? But most importantly, what were some of the steps you took along that journey to get you from where you weren't content or happy with to the point you are today? So, We'll start off, like I'm saying, with where you currently are okay. in, in life. If, if you can explain that for our listeners, yeah, I mean, right now I'm at a, I'm, I'm at a, you know, I'm at a pretty good place, man. I'm, I'm, um, I'm being, you know, creative. I'm, I'm writing a lot. I'm, we got some other things going on. I got focused in the fire, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, July was three years sober for me. Um, you know, being in rock and roll bands, I, for so many years, I felt obligated to be Keith Richards, you know, um, I, you know, I, I, I dealt with, um, you know, depression issues most of my life from the time I was a kid, um, you know, uh, childhood, you know, like a lot of people, man, not an uncommon story, you know, I mean, ups and downs growing up. But dealt with depression issues and, um, you know, from my teens to you know, into my thirties, I, you know, I tried just about every drug on the planet, you know, um, I drank every day, uh, you know, to excess. I, I said, really my last two years of drinking, if I remember my last hour of drinking, I didn't drink that night, you know? So I was, I was, uh, I was a, uh, you know, I went after it really hard and I, I just really sort of, um, you know, I took it to the excess, fortunately never, um, you know, I, 
never had any trouble with the law or a DUI or, you know, a car crash or, you know, I probably, you know, physically may have, you know, dig myself up on some drunken nights and, but, you know, never hurt anybody else, at least not physically, probably emotionally or, you know, did, but, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm to a point now where I'm about three years sober and I, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm working on that. So you, you'd say you're a little better off with where you'd like to be now than you were before? Oh, I'm a thousand percent better off than I was. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm, my time is used in so much more, you know, the, I had a very, my, sort of my cathartic moment was turning 50. You know, I turned 50 and I had just really, um, like I said, really gone after it hard for a lot of years. And I'd sort of put that, planted that seed in my brain, you know, a few years before I turned 50, that that was going to be my, my, you know, that was going to be what I was going to hang it up. And I stayed true to it. I mean, w within the years prior to that, I said, you know, uh, I quit drinking here or there or, you know, um, and I would always come back to it. But finally, I just hung it up. And I really sort of, when I turned 50, I just had a real sort of, I, I came to grips with a lot of things in my life. And it, it wasn't fun anymore. So would you say that was kind of, that that was your turning point was, was 50? It was. It was. I mean, I wasn't, there was a lot of things I wasn't happy with up to that point. But I think I just made that sort of my finish line. You know, I mean, I I, I was dealing with a lot of shit, you know, before that. Um, I mean, I was uh, just just trying to get through the day again, dealing with um, depression issues and trying to find coping mechanisms and tools to deal with that. Um, you know, I've always been into sort of physicality. I like to go to the gym. I, my, one of my favorite things to do is be in the woods, just go out in nature, hike. That's sort of a church for me. You know, absolutely. Um, it's it's I get real peace of mind there, and I come up with some good song ideas out there too. But um, you know, I read a lot. I listen to a lot of, you know, books and, and read a lot of books that are sort of designed to, you know, self-help type things. And, you know, anything I can do to sort of improve my station in life where I'm at, because, you know, I spent a lot of time unhappy in my life and, um, it's no way to live your life, you know, and, and, you know, everything I could be in the middle of a, I could be in Italy and, you know, on a beach and find something to be unhappy about. You know, so, um, so so that negative mindset was more ingrained in you than kind of looking at the positive of things, or at least having that happy medium, you know, that homeostasis, if you will, between good and evil. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was, you know, I have a lot of good things in my life, and I have so much to be thankful for. And we all do. We just overload. We take so much for granted. You know, a, a, a hot shower, electricity, clean water a car to get in and drive around, clean clothes, you know, food, hot food, um, just the really things that we consider basic necessities. Um, we just take so many things for granted, um, you know, and, and I, you know, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, um, I, I got to the point where, you know, I could find something. It didn't matter how good things were. I could always find something to be unhappy about, or you know, I could always find a find a problem. I could I could be playing a show to a hundred people, and and 
99 people could like it, but I would only concentrate on the one person that seemed like they weren't into it. Absolutely. You know, and, and having every Sunday night, you know, for, for the acoustic set and everything, kind of my, my day or my day, my evening away and stuff, I, I'd come out and see it. Man, you just look happy as all get out up there doing your thing. Yeah. But I, I can only imagine, especially with you telling me this, that in your head, it, it was constantly scanning that crowd. Hey, is everybody enjoying it? Are the the owners of the managers of the venue enjoying it? All kinds of things. You know, hey, I, I screwed up back there. Did did anybody see it? Whatever that that constant um, negative scanning, if yeah. you will. Yeah, and, and and that's very common for a lot of us. And that that can subconsciously lead to a lot of the depression that we take because when we analyze that night, we, we automatically, and I say automatically, but every once of every one of us have a little bit of pride. Some of us have a little too much pride in ourselves, but what we focus on very often when we take away from an evolution and event period and we, we put into our head is is that negative. And you know, you, you, you spoke about substances mm-hmm. and very often people try to cope with depression, anxiety, uh, post-traumatic stress, whatever. You know, the, the whole thing of Oh, it was a long day at work, man. You know, so it's not that bad. I come home and I'm going to have a drink and relax. Well, I'm not going to knock somebody for for doing what they're doing. But I'm a big believer in the intent behind it. Like I said, you you discussed getting onto substances. And I want to address it on two fronts if, if they are if they're applicable one coping mechanisms but two you being out there in the limelight you seeking that approval from others and you know hey if somebody offered us i know i've offered you how much uh grandma was the thing back in the day oh yeah if i was, was you know money was they happened to stop plummeted when i quit drinking oh i i know in, in fact uh a venue that I would quite often see at the uh, on my birthday, we were there, and the owner actually bought me a bottle of Grandma. Yeah, and oh man, we we got hammered on that, but it was it was socially cool, right. and you know if one of your audience members would bring you up that drink, what was that? Was there a temptation? to drink, but also a want to not let them down or to turn down that drink for you. Well, I want to touch on a couple other things you said, too, and something I said earlier. When I play music, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like, okay, I'm up there, and then I'm looking around, and I'm miserable. You do have thoughts, and I've been doing this a long time, so sometimes it's like punching a time clock, you know? I will tell you that when I'm playing and things are good, it's the best that that's why I'm still doing it. You know, I mean, I, I love to do it. I mean, most people, a lot of guys my age, hung it up a long time ago. You know, when they didn't sort of become superstars, 
Um, I love to do it. And that is my, that is where I can sort of um, let go of some of that stuff. Um, you know, so it's not, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, I, I'm up there and I'm like, oh, everybody's except that guy, you know, but sometimes just, I think naturally is, you know, when you're a performer, you want, you want to please people. I mean, you want to, you know, you want to feel like you're doing your job. Um, when it came to the drinking thing, man, to be honest, Tom, I was, I was never, um, I never really cared about, I, I, well, I'll say that you, you may think like, okay, I didn't really, I wasn't trying to, um, gain acceptance by doing that. I like, I, I just, I used to tell people all the time, I don't, I don't, um, drink to, uh, you know, to, um, cope or deal with anything. I drink because I like to get, I like to get, you know, bent, um, I realized after I quit drinking that that was not the case. Um, and it wasn't necessarily for someone else's approval. It was just the fact that I, 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 I could not necessarily face myself as a human being sober. You know what I mean? There were things about myself that, you know, I needed to come to terms with. And there were also, you know, I just, it's, when you're in a, when you're a musician, you're in a band and you are, you know, that's your job. It's in a very social setting. Um, you're used to a certain sort of lifestyle. So it's very hard to sit on your couch and read a book when you have a night off. You know, I mean, if my, my job was in, in a bar or a club or a music venue or a restaurant where everybody drank, I was not everybody, obviously, but, you know, where people were drinking and I was definitely imbibing in, in, in excess. Um, and then when I wasn't working, my social circle, my friends were, when, when I didn't work, you went to the bar and you met for drinks. And, you know, when the sun went down, man, I was putting my shoes on to go head to the bar. And I, and I thought, you know, gee, I'm, I'm not going to sit home, you know, there's, and I thought like I was going to miss out on something. And then I sort of, the last couple of years, man, and even especially the last year when I drank, I would go to a bar and within half an hour of being there, I would say to myself, like, I'm not enjoying this at all. This is not fun. These, these people, I'm not enjoying that. They're drunk. They're, you know, I'm, I'm just not enjoying myself. And it, and it became that, you know, where it, where it wasn't enjoyable anymore. It was the same thing when I smoked cigarettes. You know, I, there was nothing positive about it that I could think of. There were a lot of negatives, no positives. And that's where alcohol got for me. I had to realize I don't have the ability to have a responsible beer or two beers or three beers. I, I, I don't have the ability to do that. And that's, that's a huge point that I was at. Is there wasn't a, a such thing as... I'm going to have a drink. Right. You know, and I want all the drinks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It didn't matter if I went to the bar and I had 20 bucks in my pocket or I had 120 bucks in my pocket. I was going to drink what, whatever I carried in there with me was, I was going to leave with empty pockets. And it, as far as if you feel comfortable disclosing it, uh, I, 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 well, I know for a fact that there were illicit. Oh yeah, substance oh yeah, around as well. And you know, did did you get into any of that? Yeah, yeah I had my I had my cocaine days for a little while. You know, I mean, when I was young, man, when I was a teenager, uh, the guys I hung out with and the people. My older brother was six years older. I mean, I remember smelling pot smoke when I was you know eight years old, seven years old. You know, knowing what that was. I had my first, uh, you know, I had a stepdad when I was my first stepfather was very young was an alcoholic, abusive alcoholic. Um, 
you know, I was around, and then when I got into high school, I mean, not even, even before high school and, and middle school, I, I think I probably smoked my first joint when I was about 12 years old. Um, I started smoking cigarettes not long after that. I was, I, gosh, I probably drank my first beer when I was seven or eight, you know? Um, and once I got into high school, man, I mean, the, the, the cats I hung around with, um, you know, it was, you, you got some weed and you had, you, you know, went and found somebody to buy a case of beer. Cause back then you could get somebody a couple of beers and they'd go in the store and buy a case. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you were under the, under, you were in the folks liquor cabinet, you know, getting the, the white liquor out and replacing it with water, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then even, even then at seven, 16, 17, 18 years old, I mean, I, I knew, I was hanging out with guys who were older than me and I was, you know, I'd done acid and mushrooms and I mean, you name it. And I tried it. I mean, pills, anything, you know, I was just at that time, really in my teens is I was really dealing with a lot of issues with depression and things like that. And, um, I really just did not give a shit about anything or anyone, including myself. Um, my son was born a month after I turned 20 years old and that just was life changing for me. You know, I decided, okay, I got to get my shit together and do the right thing. And, and, you know, I, I even, at that point I was playing and I was on the road when my son was born, actually playing music. And when he was about three, his mother and I split up and, you know, I had to work square jobs, you know, I mean, and I, dude, I worked every job on the planet that people don't want to work. I worked them all because I didn't put, I didn't finish high school. I was asked to leave twice once because I was caught in school with weed. So I was expelled and arrested on school grounds. Um, I was, came back and it was expelled again the next year. So I didn't finish high school. Um, I got a good enough diploma. I went on to do some junior college, but I, you know, I wanted to play music and that's what I wanted to do. So that being said, I didn't have a lot of, um, I didn't have much of a, a resume to get a, a, a good, you know, I was, man, I was pushing wheelbarrows and, and, and I had a shovel in my hand or I worked on the back of a garbage truck. I mean, you name it, any job that people don't like to do, I, I did them all. Um, and then, yeah. And then later on when I got in my band and, you know, we were a rock and roll band, we were playing in a lot of, you know, rough bars, biker bars. I mean, then, then the, then the cocaine started again, you know, and, and, uh, I was never a person, I was not, you know, I didn't, I never felt like I was addicted to it. I never had to pay for it because people just gave it to me, you know, and, and I did a lot of it, but that got to, it was the same thing. It was just like anything, man. At first it's, it's, it's fun. And it's like, wow, this is a blast, man. We, I can, I can, I can drink all night and I can do a couple of bumps or do a few lines and man, I, I can, I'm perfectly fine. I can drive now. I'm not drunk anymore. And then you stay up all night having endless conversations that never get finished and smoking packs of cigarettes and, you know, everybody talking over one another at the same time. And, and it just got to the point with that, where it was just, I remember my speaking of a cathartic moment, my cathartic cocaine moment came when I was, I'd been out, um, played a gig and afterwards going to someone's house and there were eight or 10 of us there. And we were just, you know, from the time the show was over, from one, two o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock the next morning, we were just, you know, getting rotted out. So, and we were all out of cocaine and I was driving home and I pulled up to the stoplight right up here, not far from my house. And it was Sunday, about 10, 1030 in the morning. And man, I was just geeking. And I knew I was going to go home and geek for another three or four hours <laughs> and not be able to sleep. And 
feel like shit, you know, feel like a, just a turd. And I looked over and there was, there was this family that was like, they were all dressed. You could tell they were on their way to church. You know, there was a guy jogging, you know, I'm like, man, these people are like living their lives in a way that's, you know, that's, you know, this, what I'm doing right now is just, is there's nothing good about it. It's just terrible. And I, I don't, I don't enjoy it anymore. It's, it sucks, you know? So again, from that moment, it was like, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to get through this feeling and, and I'm done. You know, and, and I was, and I, and I, that was God 15 years ago, probably, you know? So, um, I don't, you know, I mean, uh, substances when I was a young man, I mean, not much scared me, but as I'm older now, man, I've had, I've lost a lot of friends to addiction. You know, I've lost a lot of friends to heroin, fentanyl, things like that. Um, I say a lot. I mean, probably at least a handful, you know, enough, too many. Um, and I just, you know, and not only that, man, I, I really, I had to realize too later, I'm a bit of a, I like to be in control and I, I makes me, sometimes I wonder how I did my job, you know, is, is, I don't know. Can I, I know I've cursed a couple of times. Can I curse on here? I don't give as, as fucked up as I was, I don't know how I did my job. You know I mean? I, I look back and just think like, I mean, my, my vocal warm up exercises were a double shot of grandma. Before I strung my first chord, before I sat down, when I showed up and set my equipment up, it was a double shot of grandma. And then it was, it was beers and whatever I ordered and whatever anybody gave me. And I mean, sometimes it would be, you know, 20 shots of alcohol and 10 beers, you know, and um, don't know how I did it, you know, but it, it, it got old. And, it, and, it, and as I got older, then the hangovers take a whole lot longer to get over, you know? Yeah, well, you, you know, and it, I, I know you remember quite a few of our cronies from back in the day. And, you know, the Sunday night acoustic wasn't bad, you know, yeah. but it, the booze were still flowing and so oh, yeah. And some of those nights, you know, I, I just look at you guys that, you know, you and some of the other bands that we would go see, and I'm, I'm thinking, good Lord, I, I know I can put some back, and I, I know how bad I feel the next morning. Yeah. But how the hell can you guys do this? Yeah, man. You know, because if it wasn't me, it was somebody else, and it was just constant and seeing just lines of freaking shots up there, you know, and well, with, with that too, you know, taking that from anybody else, did you ever get slip something that um, you really didn't want to have? What do you mean? Uh, roofies. Oh, I got. I actually stuff. got. I actually got dosed. It was not a show I was playing, but I did get dosed at the House of Blues at a James Addiction concert about seven, eight years ago. And I was hanging out with my sister, and we met this dude, and we were hanging out. We were buying each other drinks. And I don't know if he was trying to get me out of the picture so he could move on my sister or he was trying to, he seemed like a very, you know, unassuming cat, you know, I mean, he didn't seem like a smarmy dude, but those are the guys you got to watch out for, right? I mean, I had probably, you know, three or four drinks and then I was out on my feet, didn't remember anything afterwards, fell, fell in the bar, fell and hit my head, like. The next day I woke up and said, like, oh, man, I fell and hit my head. And I said to my sister, because we stayed overnight, I said, you know, thanks for letting me go to sleep. I could have had a concussion. She said, well, the ambulance came to check. You don't remember being in the back of an ambulance? And I was like, not at all. So that scared the hell out of me, too. And I took a little time off, but I went right back to drinking. 
I just didn't accept drinks from people I didn't know, you know, after that. Right. And, and that's kind of what I was getting at with that is when, when we create those patterns of life and stuff and something like that happens, it, it is a shock to us. We're like, oh, I'm, I'm swearing this off. Right. I swear I'll never drink yeah. again, right? Yeah, my ass. Yeah, right? exactly. Because we minimize the potential risk that that, that could have caused. How many times did I get behind the wheel of a car? You know, and like I said earlier, I was so lucky not to get, you know, in legal trouble, a DUI. I never crashed anyone, I never hurt anybody else. I didn't. And I wasn't always just, you know, blind when I got behind the wheel of a vehicle. My, my local bar is about two miles from the house, you know, so I, I always thought, well, gee, I'm only two miles. It's a left, a right, and a left, and I'm in my driveway, or a right and a left, and a right, and I'm in my driveway, you know? That being said, the police station's right across the street. Oh, yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I rolled the dice, man. I was very, very fortunate, very, very lucky um, that there was a tragedy involved for me to have that cathartic moment. Because a lot of people, it's like, oh, this is my third DUI. If I don't quit drinking, I'm going to jail, you know? Or, or, or I've got cirrhosis, or, you know, I mean, I've... You know, for me, I, my motto was always work hard, play hard. I always, I love to, you know, I was always in gyms. I taught self-defense. I've taught crime and God for six years. I trained. Um, I, you know, I've been, you know, I've always been in some sort of physicality, um, hiking, all that stuff. So I always was like, okay, well, I'm going to go out tonight and I'm going to get blotto. But tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to run and I'm going to sweat it out. and I'm going to. You know, I've been a vegan for 12 years. You know, I have a very healthy diet. I mean, right now, man, I'm like a, I'm like a little angel compared to what I used to be, you know? Well, and, and that's, uh, that's kind of the overall essence of this show is, is accepting where you were in the past, realizing where you're at now and, and, and how you got there. And we covered quite a few things, you know, as far as depression and, and social influence, expectations, awesome word. Awesome. Uh, You, we covered the substances. We, We covered quite a few things there, but how did you get from where you were, you know, when you turned 50, you're like, that's it. So that was kind of the break. How were you able to pull yourself out of that first? I would think you need to pull yourself out of it and then figure out what, what you want to do. Yeah. You know, and so would you go through and, and share what you feel comfortable with about the steps that you took to get yourself out of that, figure out where you wanted to be? come to the acceptance acceptance of your past and push forward to the point you're at now. What are, yeah. what, what are some of those steps? Yeah, I was really, um, it was kind of, you know, that saying like the teacher appears when you, you know, when you, he will appear when you need him, that kind of thing. Um, right before I got sober and it, it wasn't, it wasn't a planned thing. I, 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 um, Going to a, a six, uh, actually it was a, it was a six week meditation class and it happened every Tuesday for six weeks. So it was once a week. So it was six classes. Um, and coincidentally enough, 
I quit drinking on July 9th. My birthday was July 10th the next day. July 10th was my first meditation class. So my last night of drinking, I went out and I had two or three of everything I knew I was never going to have again. Once again, blackout, drunk. I had a base, almost a three-day hangover. So I showed up for my first meditation class feeling like someone had run me over with a car. You know, I mean, I, I felt terrible. I was so hungover. Made it through that class, went through the six weeks, was, you know, I, meditation was something, trying to sit down and sort of quiet my mind and, and, and not be inundated with all the shit of the day that was going to ha- that hadn't happened yet or things that have already happened. You know, I, I kind of came to this realization that a lot of my depression issues, it, it's an imbalance. I do believe that it's an imbalance. And I, I take well Beecham once a day. I take Phil once a day to, you know, help with that. Um, but meditation, depression was sort of linked to things that happened in the past and anxiety, things that have not happened yet. Um, but I attended a, a, a temple and, uh, for lack of a better term, it was, I started going to, I went to a Buddhism class and it was a meditation class at first. It was the first class I attended and they have classes, I had classes every Saturday and Sunday and I still attend those classes. There's Zoom classes now. But it really spoke to me in a way that um, it, it, where that really helped me out was it brought me into the present moment. And, you know, um, it didn't, it took me out of what's already happened. It took me out of what's going to happen. It, it's like, look, all we have control of is right here and right now. We don't know what's going to happen five days from now, five minutes from now, five years from now. It's great to have a plan. Well, would, 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 was that a little bit scary or, or um, difficult to understand the, the whole new aspect of really being present? Well, you know, I'd, I'd actually, Tommy, I'd done a lot of self-study on those things. Uh, I mean, I read a lot of books, and I still do. Like I said, I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of books. I, Buddhism was something that always kind of spoke to me. Um, but I found, a, a, you know, we call it, we call them Rinpoche, which means dear one in Tibetan. Um, but I found a teacher that could sort of um, clear the, you know, the muddy water um, and sort of um, make some of the questions that I had about some of these things, you know, a little more clear. Um, and it just, like I said, it spoke to me. It came right at the right time. And it was, I never, man, I mean, I drank daily for years and years and years and i would consider myself a functioning alcoholic um i put it i i I put it down after that last drink on july 9th i have not touched a drop not a sip not a not a you know let me have a taste of your margarita let me you know nothing i've been on vacation in mexico and they bring you a big sangria and i gotta go i was playing a wedding recently and they're having a champagne toast and i'm like if I drink that glass of champagne in two weeks, I'll be drinking liquor out of the bottle. Absolutely. You know, so I, I can't, I, I didn't have the ability to moderate. Once again, man, I, I became very, very introspective. Um, the Buddhism helped that, but I really, there's a great term, it's called navel gazing. And it basically just means you just really turn into your own shit and you become very, very introspective. And, and not long after I turned 50, I lost uh, a friend that was very close. I was very close to just a wonderful, wonderful guy. We hung out a lot. We hung out the night before he died. Um, and I quit drinking um, in, uh, for my birthday in July. And his birthday was in October. And he said, I'm going to quit. He said, you quit drinking. I'm going to quit drinking. Well, he kept, you know, he was still drinking. And I met him 
um, at the bar, and I was drinking O'Doul's, you know, I was drinking my non-alcoholic beers, and he was having some drinks, and we hung out that night, and I gave him a ride home, and he said, man, I'm off tomorrow, I'm going to go to the pool tomorrow and hang out, and, you know, they had a community pool, and he went out, and they were doing shots of tequila and having drinks all morning, and he jumped in the pool and drowned, you know, and it was... They brought him back. He was on life support for 10 days. And I went and saw him every day in the hospital. When they unplugged him, he died. And that was very cathartic for me as well. I mean, that really hit me in a way like, shit, man. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're five or, you know, 95, man. We don't, it can, it can, it can be here today and gone later today, you know. So it made me really um, sort of come to terms with my own mortality. And it made me want to be better, man. It made me want to just do better. It made me want to be happier and and value my time, my precious time on this planet, and use it productively, not sitting on my ass on a bar stool somewhere. If there's any regret looking back, and I try not to live my life with regrets, and I don't look back, I'm not ashamed of anything I ever did, and I did some stupid shit, and I'm not, you know, I don't look back and, and think in terms of, of regret, but I do hate that I wasted so much time sitting on a bar store being fucked up when I could have been exercising. I could have been writing a song. I could have been, I could have been, you know, doing so many other things. And I am so much, I could have been educating myself. Shit. And and I'm so much more productive now because I have that time and I have that clarity of my mind to be able to do it. You know? And, and you, you just brought up educating yourself and being more physical enjoying more things for what they are in a non-distorted form, if you will. And through your journey, were you able to, well, I would imagine you'd be able to do that a little bit more. And if you were, what were some of the things that you enjoyed doing that really brought out this new you, if you will? Um, I mean, you know, it's, I'm doing a lot of the things I used to do. I'm just doing with, a, once again, with a clear sort of a clear mind, you know, and I'm able to, to get the most out of it. You know what I like to do now when I go to a concert, I actually remember the whole concert. You know, when I go see someone else play, I actually remember the encore now. Isn't that a novel um, idea there? When I drive home at night now, I have to watch out for the other guy. You know, it's not me, you know, there, but there's so many things. I mean, I just, I enjoy it's not only the fact of being in the moment when you're when you're hammered or you're wasted or you're fucked up on drugs or whatever it is. It's not just that moment. It's the day after when you when you take a whole day to recover and you're like, oh man, I'd really like to go out with my friends or go see you know go see a loved one or hang out with somebody I care about. But man, I feel like shit, and I'm gonna be terrible company. You know, I I need to I need to recuperate, and that's probably not gonna happen until I go out tonight at six o'clock and sit down and have a couple drinks and start feeling like myself. Again. Um, you know, so I, I just, man, I get so much more, this is going to sound really sort of corny and, and, but there was a day about four or five months ago, I was out in the woods and I was hiking and it was, it must've been, it was either the first, I think it was maybe the first of spring and it was a beautiful day, man. And the, I was under the canopy of the trees and the wind was blowing and it was just like a perfect day, man. And it was so joyous to me in that moment that it brought me to tears. You know, I mean, I was so appreciative of, of being alive. And man, you know, I think about all the time. And, and again, I, I come back to Buddhism, but, you know, 
there's a lot of things about I think so often just um man, I'm so lucky to just be a human born a human being on on this planet in the United States. And then, you know, I mean, to you can even bring it down into a very small, you know, place, but just to be born a human being and have this opportunity to to, you know. To, and it, that kind of thing, man, those kind of things took a lot of, of the, you know, anger. Um, you know, I, I realized when I got sober that, that I had anger issues, um, which is where a lot of my sort of, um, you know, negative, that negative sort of attitude came from, you know, and, and I had to trace some of that stuff back to my childhood. You know what I would say? Oh, I don't drink to deal with stuff. I drink because I like to get wasted, you know? No, I was, I was drinking to, you know, to, to, to no. mask some of those things. Mask. And, and speaking of masking, you know, like you said too, like when you're up on stage and you're playing, when you become a performer and sometimes you can't, sometimes you just, you know, you can't have a great day at the office every day. But as a person that's dealt with depression from the age of 13 or 14 years old, you learn to wear a mask. You learn to put that mask on. And, and so many people, I mean, you know, you're like, oh man. I mean, I recently I had a person that was a, a friend, um, not someone I hung out with a lot, but a, a friend from the bar. You know, great guy. I mean, great guy. Six seven months ago, took his own life. You know, and and somebody you would never think seemed seemed happy, seemed you know. So I think a lot of people that have that internal sort of that pain and deal with that turmoil. You just learn to put on a, you learn to wear a mask and put on a happy face sometimes. Put on a happy you face, know? right? You and uh, when you speak about expectations, you know, and then you get to a point where you're like, man, look, there's enough shit in the world. Nobody wants to hear about my shit. I don't want to be a drag. You know, I don't want to bring people down. I don't want to, you know, so when people say, how are you doing? What do we say? It's even fine. Doing good, man. You're doing great. Things, things are good. You know, now when I say that, I can, I, I mean it, you know, and, 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 uh, Look, man, I went through a rough patch about a month ago, and it just seemed like at every turn, man, it was just a sock in the jaw, you know? And I thought back in the day, that probably would have really sort of debilitated me, you know? I mean, I might have curled up in my own little ball or, or you know, or not wanted to, to I would have let it affect me, you know? Man, and it was, it just seemed like every day, it's like everything I touched turned to shit, you know? Everything was a kick in the crotch. And it lasted for about three weeks, and I was thinking, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything right, man. I'm, I'm being charitable. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to do all the right things. And and and, uh, but man, that's life. That's life, man. And, and that shit's gonna look. There's never a good time to get a flat tire or break your arm or a loved one to die or your pet to get sick. There's never a convenient time for that. There's never a good time. And when those things happen, man, it's not. We know problems are gonna happen, and I think we've talked about it. It's not the fact that the problem's going to happen. It's how you deal with it, you know, and it's how you approach it. You can either let it fucking just, you know, tear you, tear you to pieces and you can go to pieces over it or you can, you know, you can turn your collar up and say, all right, we're going to get through this and it's not forever. Again, Buddhism, nothing's permanent. Everything changes and it does. Nothing great stays that way. It, it, the most joyous moment in your life is only temporary. It's going to pass the same thing with the worst, you know? So it's, it's life is in flux, man. And I've, and I've just learned to kind of understand that and appreciate that and not taking a person, not, not take it personally, you know? In, in previous conversations, we, we've discussed kind of 
socially acceptable phrases, if you will. And one of them is, oh, I suffer from yeah. depression, post-traumatic stress, anxiety, or whatever. And through suffering, if you utilize it in a positive way and learn from it, you can rise to the occasion later on after that subsides and you've dealt with it, I think better. But what I'm getting at is more of the phrase that you tell yourself and you tell others because what repetitively comes out of your mouth is repetitively being put into your right. ear holes there and yeah. going up in your, your brain into your psyche. Absolutely. So when you say, oh, I suffer from it. Yeah. Well, we all suffer. That is life like, is suffering. There you Personal go. of Buddhism, life is suffering. Absolutely. So once you accept that and you've moved past that, are there some things that you kind of, once you realize that life is suffering, are there some things that if you're having a rough day or like you were saying a month ago, everything just seemed like what the fuck? Yeah. I cannot catch a break. Yeah. What What are some things that you do differently now when putting that out in the explanation of a moment, an event, an evolution, the day, what happened? Well, you know, I spoke earlier to some things that helped me get through those situations. If sort of that's what you're asking me. It's, it's my coping mechanisms. I'll use favorite quotes. My coping me- mechanisms, you know, exercise, being outside nature, meditation, journaling is, is, a, is a big part, you know, writing down your feelings, man. Um, and then being able to go back a day or two or a week or a year later and read that, you know, um, but journaling and, and sort of vomiting those feelings out on paper is very, very helpful. Um, you know, like I said, meditation, um, self-study, self-study, reading, you know, books on those things, listening to audio books, um, listening to motivational speakers, things like that. All those things, trying to keep as much positive um, forward motion as I possibly can. Writing music, playing, go sit down on my piano takes a lot of that shit away. You know, I mean, I can, if I go in my, you know, in my music room and sit down and, and at a piano or I start writing or I pick up my guitar, um, you know, I mean, that's Calgon, man. That takes me away for a little while, you know, and it doesn't, it's not that I'm trying to escape those problems because that's what, you know, that's what alcohol does. It just puts a bandaid on it. You, it's like, and like you said earlier, it's like, oh man, I had a shitty day. I'm going to go out and I'm going to have drinks and get wasted. Man, it, when you're an alcoholic or when you drink, you can find a reason to drink, man. Let, man, I just got a new job. Let's celebrate. Let's go have drinks. Oh man, I got my, my girlfriend left me. Let's go have drinks. I'm just, you can always have, you can always find a justification to have a drink. And now that you don't drink yeah. through your sobriety, I know it did for me, but have you noticed that so much more like how there is an excuse, like you were saying, always to just have that drink. Why? Well, you know, it, it's it's socially acceptable. It's legal if you're over 21. Right. It's, you know, it's refreshing. It's this or that. Well, to me, a freaking... Nice bottle of water is yeah. refreshing these yeah, days, yeah. you know? But have you noticed that 
or have you been able to see how many different occurrences and more now that you're not partaking in it that that pop up in it others I'll tell you a perfect example of that i have a buddy of mine we used to play music together when i was in my 20s and he has an alcohol problem and he's still dealing with it and as far as i know he's been sober for about six weeks now now he might be he always falls off the wagon and goes back and then gets hammered it's a constant thing um and he's sort of i've got two friends actually that are sort of um mentoring me um or i'm mentoring them sort of they sought me out and i'm i'm uh i'm sort of uh advising them but this guy actually said to me um recently that he was he felt like he was uh, he needed to have a drink because he remembered being um 12 or 13 years old and some of the older kids that he hung out with had stolen a skateboard and and he didn't find out until years later and he really felt betrayed by that and he was being it made him feel like he you know it, it triggered him those feelings triggered him to want to have a drink and i thought man that is just such bullshit like you're really really reaching <laughs> if that's the worst thing you can look back on in your childhood and sort of um you know you know find a reason to drink man i mean you're really really stressing there's a lot going on in the world right now if you really needed a drink there's a lot of shit happening right now that could you know push you to that extreme but i just thought that was you know for somebody to say that you know something that happened to me somebody you know some friends stole the skateboard from me when i was 12 years old and i i never got over that betrayal and i and it makes me it triggers me to feel like i need to have a drink you're just dude you're you're you're, you're searching you're reaching you absolutely it's, um, it's the whole this one time at band camp type right, thing you exactly. know and it's like you're yeah. 50 freaking years old or you know I'm, I'm i'm 40 you're 50 man and we're like well you know miss schmuckatelli back in the day you know yell at me for you know knocking over something so man and that's just oh my gosh you are reaching man yeah. you're looking for that excuse i said to this person i mean do you know how many kids were you know abused um you know just came from horrible terrible situations and they don't have to fucking have a drink to get through the day you know i mean and, and granted a lot of those people do once again use drugs and alcohol as, as coping mechanisms or escape it's escapism, um, you know, but man, like I said, when it comes to that kind of shit, when it comes to, you know, you can justify it if you, if you are, you know, if, if, if you really want to, you can find a reason to justify it. You know, oh, I was, I had a terrible childhood. I had, you know, this happened to me when I was, you know, man, you got to deal with that shit and let it go. Cause you can't relive that over. It's gone. There's nothing you can do about that. All you can do is, you know, become stronger from the situation, you know? Well, and, and, and I think, just like you said, you can always look for a reason to drink sure. or a reason to do the drugs or a reason to get mad or a reason to go seclude yourself or a reason. A re you can always find a reason yeah. for the negative. Yeah. And guess what? You can always find a reason for the positive. Absolutely. Everything is a choice in, in, in life. And 
that's a lot of what we're doing here today and that that this folk uh, this show is focused on is giving those opportunities for every negative there has to be a positive right there they one can't exist without the other Night and day. it's all in 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 your mind yeah. it, in your brain housing group up there what what your mindset your mentality is and through especially alcohol being a depressant in yeah, itself it certainly doesn't help you deal with depression correct <laughs> correct <laughs> if anything it, it it makes it more difficult to break from that norm you create exacerbate within yeah. yourself it, just, it even just it it, it 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 solidifies you know what you're going through it certainly does not like i said man and you, you know you can put a band-aid on whatever you're dealing with but when you're sober again, the problem's going to be there. It didn't magically, you know, fix itself while you were drunk and passed out. Um, you're going to have to deal with it. And and what you find is that you're a hell of a lot better dealing with it from a sober perspective than you are being fucked up. And like I said, it's, it's man, I don't begrudge anybody their buzz, what they want to do. I don't begrudge anybody for that. I, I have, you know, anybody that can drink responsibly, um, I'm not jealous of them, but I, I respect that because I don't have the ability to do it. Um, you know, I used to say, man, I'd, I'd like to be able to go to a wedding and have a champagne toast or drink a nice glass of wine when I'm in Portugal or have some port, you know, and, or, or, you know, go to a party and have a couple of cocktails. But I, like I said, I don't have the ability to do it. I can't smoke one cigarette or I'll smoke, I'll be smoking a pack a day. I can't have one drink or I'll be, you know. I'll be drinking a quart of whiskey every day. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have the ability. I can quit, but I cannot moderate, you know? Um, and I had to come to that understanding. And, and like you said, too, I mean, look, man, there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. You can find it. You can, like I said, you can find a reason to be sad. You can find a reason to be depressed. You can, um, some of the things, you know, when it comes to depression, again, I, I think a lot of people that became almost a, a buzzword, you know? I mean, I, I, I know what it feels like to be, to have, debilitating depression um and it's not oh i'm having a bad day oh i'm sad today oh it's you wake up and you feel like you know the weight of the world is on your shoulders or you feel like you've been shot through with a fucking cannonball you know and like your 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 heart's been ripped out of your chest and you don't know why it's not you don't have a reason you know and that can last for it might last for a day or two days. It might last for a month, man. And it's and it's a hard thing to deal with. And you just addressed something as far as I would say clinically diagnosed. That not that I really care what clinical diagnoses are because they in themselves can be rather skewed. But when someone doesn't have you, you hear it all the time it's like oh that's my ocd kicking it right well no ocd true ocd is horrific it, it, it really is yeah true depression is horrific yeah and a lot of times people will just say oh this is my ocd kicking in or oh i'm so depressed right now because they're looking for once again that excuse to do whatever behavior and the reason they're looking for the excuse is because deep down inside of them they know that's 
probably not what is going to suit them best. Yeah. But there's that temptation, whether it be from social structures or from chemical dependency. I, I, I know through drinking, you imagine how much we altered our brain, like the actual makeup of not Absolutely. only our brain, the structure of it, but our chemical makeup and everything like that. Yeah. So there is that chemical dependency as well. And that's why you're looking for those excuses. Do you think oftentimes when somebody utilizes a false excuse, reasons are true. Right. Excuses are lies. Right. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. And it's right. Anyways, um, but by creating that pattern of life, that consistency of telling yourself those small lies that it's because of depression or it's because of this or because of that, do you think through that repetition, you actually convince yourself Absolutely. that you do have? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that we live in a society where everything is like, okay, you turn on TV. Oh, if you deal with depression, if you deal, you know, and like I said, I mean, I take blood bleaching every day. I, there's no shame in my game. I just had a conversation with somebody I said, if you're diabetic, you take insulin. If you have a heart problem, if you have high blood pressure, you take something for that. It takes the edge off. Um, you know, I've, I've been on different ones over the years. Some did not serve me well at all. You know, this does fine for me. It's, you know, it doesn't affect me negatively in any way. And just like I said, it seems to take the edge off. Um, but I do think that people, it's very easy to use having a bad day. You know, oh, like you said, oh, that's my, oh, I have anxiety. No, you're just nervous. You know, oh, I have depression. No, you're just having a shitty day. You don't have depression. You don't understand. Actually, my ex-girlfriend and I had, a, I mean, we had an argument about it because she, you know, she was with me for a year or so, and then all of a sudden she was using more, you know, she knew what, you know, what I, what I dealt with. And it was like after a year, so then she started, oh, well, you know, I'm like, she was sort of going down and I said, look, you know, you're, you're basically, you're sort of, um, you're almost making a, 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 not a mockery, but you, it lets me know that you don't really truly understand what I'm going through. If you think that because you're having a shitty week or bad things are going bad for you at work, that you have depression because it's not that. It's something very different. And I think people do use things, use those things. It's easy to attribute it to that and not, once again, not want to face your own shit and deal with your own shit. That's it. Own your shit, right? Yeah. Own it. Absolutely. And, you know, th this is uh, a lot of people take this truth harshly. But it is this perpetuated victim mentality <laughs> that is just so freaking encouraged nowadays yeah. for everyone to have a psychological disorder and a physical disorder and a this disorder and that disorder. And they are absolutely being incentivized and encouraged to be that victim. What if somebody is listening right now and they have thought it through and they're like, you know, man, yeah, I, I've, I've felt like the victim for so long and I fell into this social new norm of becoming the victim and having that 
victim mentality, that mindset. Do you have any uh, thoughts or you know lessons that that, that you might want to put out? And, you know, things that may have worked for you through a victim mentality. Well, I'll tell you, I, I did. I, I was guilty of that myself of having a sort of victim mentality, and I think. You know, we touched on ego and pride and things like that. I think, and especially now, we're so, you know, everybody with social media, everybody has a has a keyboard. Everybody's now, you know, their opinion is so important. And, you know, it, it, you know, we're all, if, if, if things don't, if things don't fit my, my agenda or I can't fit this in, you know, it's very easy when you don't get your own way to be a victim or, you know, like I said, I, I lived that way, you know, for a long time. It was like, why me? You know, um, why not me? You know, I'm not fucking right. special. You know, I'm not special. I mean, my mom thinks I'm special. You know, my grandkids probably think I'm special, but, you know, shit, I'm not any any more you know special than anybody else so why not me you know i can get sick and get cancer like anybody else i can get you know i can get the car accident my girlfriend can break up with me we can you know things in life are going to happen man and you can either you know you can be a victim or you can be a victor you know so it's it's what are you going to do are you gonna are you gonna curl up in a ball and 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 cry about it or are you gonna get up and dust your shit off and go out and face face what it is you know you have to man there are going to be times you got to face your fears you have to face uncertainty there's a lot of uncertainty there's a lot of fear in the world right now with some things you know with things that are going on everything every day is uncertain you can't you can't you can you can plan out your life for the next 10 years but there's no guarantee that, that you're going to get to you know you're going to get to live that out you know i mean it goes back to what we said earlier, man. It's all about being in the in the moment, in the present moment, and understanding that if you are a victim, I'm not speaking of like I'm a victim of you know I'm a victim of spousal abuse or you know and and at some point, I mean, if you live your life that way, the only person that can change that mindset is you. You know what I mean? So you can seek help. And I mean, like I said, I, 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 man, I look for, I seek out so many resources to, to, to sort of, you know, make me aware of ways of thinking that I, that I wasn't before to expand, you know, what I think I know, um, and help there. That's the thing too, about, okay, everybody has a keyboard. Everybody thinks their opinion matters. Guess what? That also means that, Man, there's a ton of help out there for you at the touch of a key. You know, Absolutely. I mean, the there's, a, there's so many resources out there for you now. And you can, man, there's, there are, I guarantee you, you go on YouTube, there's a hundred videos you can go look at today that, that would address, there's how to, you know, what I, how to stop it. When I quit drinking, I, I listened to a guy, I can't think of his name right now, but I subscribed to Kevin, some has got a great Irish name anyway. And he, I think he's Scottish or Irish. And he would always do, he would uh, do a video, he would vlog, but it was always when he was hiking. So he had a GoPro and he would be hiking and talking about it. Um, you know, and some of the stuff he said was very, very helpful, man. And you just have to, you can either live your life as a victim, man, or, or you can get up and go out and make the, because you are not going to get the best out of life 
if that's your mindset. You're just not. Well, and, and you'll hear this quite often too. Is nobody's coming to save me. Mm. Well, let, I want to analyze that real quick and, and get your thoughts on that. There are lots of people that may not be out to save you, but they're definitely, like you're saying, all the resources and everything. People nowadays are putting out not just their bitches, moans, and groans. They're putting out solutions. Right. Work the problem, right? Present your solution. Put a solution into action and follow through with that. It's exactly what you're trying to do with this podcast. So, yes. I mean, it's a point, point in case. And, you know? and that's that's the cool thing about, you know, not having a script you know, we can have freaking trains in the background, birds right. chirping, dogs barking. I mean, as long as the, the dog and the cat aren't holding the conversation while we are, I yeah. don't care because I want this to be real. Right. I want this to be true. I want you to be able to tell your story, your truth, no matter what it is, say fuck a million times. Right. Just try to throw some other words in there. Yeah. It doesn't matter because this is what we really are what our team really wants to focus on right. is real life and being that we kind of pride ourselves on being a solution based podcast show whatever you want to call it that's a huge part of this and that's why we talked a little bit about where you currently are and then we covered a little bit of the struggles, obstacles, failures, successes, everything like that right. from your past. And we really want to hear from you and our other guests the steps that you took. Now, others may not, well, they, nobody else is going to be able to take the exact steps that you took. Right. Nobody else is you. Right. And the harsh reality of it is, is that you will never be able to redo the steps that you've already took. The past is the past. Right. And when they say, you know, never go back, you know, stop going backwards in life. Life doesn't go backwards. Right. Life is always going forward. And so are you. Are you going to choose to move forward with it? Yes, you will. You have to. You have no other choice. But how will you choose to move forward? Right. Are you going to continue the same patterns of life that you're not happy with and you know are limiting you, holding you back from reaching that potential? Are you going to continue to make yourself the victim here to once again give you all of this stuff just snowballing backwards right. to what your intent mission statement your, yeah. your mission statement absolutely you know and those things we can learn for, from because we analyze them we accept them we own our shit right right we make peace with them a huge thing for me was Forgiving myself. Absolutely. Forgiving myself. That, you know, I, I I said not too long ago that I 
for the longest time, I couldn't find forgiveness. And, you know, a little bit about my past, having worked fire and EMS and been in the military and, you know, some of the other things in between. Things in between there that, you know, I went off and did, you know, we'll we'll leave that alone. Uh, But the forgiveness of that was the people that I negatively affected. They could forgive me. Yeah. Um, other people that even heard about it could forgive me. But I, 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 I never felt that full forgiveness until I was talking to, well, another one of our guests one time, and he's like, "Motherfucker, you have to forgive yourself." Yeah. And, and it was just like, "Ding!" Yeah. Holy shit! Now that wasn't an instant. I didn't miracle. Forgiveness yeah, is a miracle. Your ass. To I've had the same thing. With, same thing with me. I'm with you on. And I actually had a conversation. I was having a conversation with somebody. Uh, this person I see when I walk the dog, and she always comes and talks to me. And she was sort of telling me about her life and her situation yesterday. We sort of just become, you know, friends. We see each other and chat. But we were talking yesterday, and actually, was even just what I said, you know, my last relationship I was in, that person was a wonderful person. Um, but I said, you know, the problem was, is that I didn't properly, I did properly did not know how to properly love that person because I didn't love myself. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing. You have to love yourself. You have to have some self-love. You have to go like, you know, look, man, we all have flaws. We all have shit about ourselves. We all have our idiosyncrasies. We all have our, our scars from the past that, you know, you can see and a lot you can't see. I mean, I mean, you know. But you have to, that has to be a part of it, man. And like you said, you have to forgive yourself for your trespasses, for your sins, for your, you make amends and you move on, man. And, and it, you know, you hear that all, that whole thing like, well, you can't truly love someone else until you love yourself. That's the truth. I mean, it's, it's a true statement. And I, I mean, like you said, I mean, everybody else can forgive you, but until you really feel like, you know, okay, until you come to terms with that, then, you know, it doesn't help you, you know? Um, I feel like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, as a synopsis, I just want to say that whoever listens to this, and I don't know if anything I said was helpful or not, um, I have a tendency to ramble on sometimes, but, I, you know, my, my, I, I, you know, my family is important to me. There are some people in my, I spend 90% of my time by myself now, which, you know, to be honest, um, is a bit of escapism as well, but it cut a lot of bullshit out of my life. Cut a lot of stress, a lot of bullshit. And when I quit drinking, honestly, most of my friends were were, were drunk. You know, people I went out on the tiles with and got hammered. Um, so you know, I don't hang around those people necessarily um, anymore. And I'm not at all hurt or you know um, that that doesn't bother me at all. I actually enjoyed. Uh, there used to be a time I couldn't do without people, and now I almost can't do with them, you know what I mean? Um, but my family's very important to me. My, um, you know, the friends that I do have are very important to me. Um, I found joy in life out of things like taking my dog for a walk or writing a new song or um, talking to my grandkids or, you know, being out, like I said, in, in nature and, and uh, you know, whatever it is, I find joy in simple things, but I did have to do work. You know, you, you talk about going to the gym as, as especially as 
and, and, and uh, Western society, we put all this emphasis on being healthy and keeping our bodies healthy and eating right and going to the gym and exercising. We don't do that for our brains and our minds. And it took a lot of introspection. It took a lot of self realization. And dude, when you first, when you get sober and you have to look at yourself and who you really are from a sober point of view, that can be a real fucking slap in the face. Oh yeah. It can be tough. And you go, man, you know, yeah, I got some, I got some shit, you know, I got some things I need to work out. And, you know, I've, I mean, through, like I said, you know, I meditation, reading, journaling, exercise, being in the company of good people that I can actually have conversation with about this. And it's not like, you know, let's go get wasted and find some chicks, you know, I mean, just vapid you know, meaningless shit that, that really means nothing. Finding meaningful relationships, surrounding myself with people, the people that are in my life, people that are moving forward and positive and have things going for themselves. Um, you know, and, and just every day doing the work, man, doing the work every day and never, you know, and even if it's a, some, man, some days I had this conversation with my son recently. Some days, man, just, some days you just have to be satisfied with getting through the day. Because not every day, you know, some days you're just like, all right, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to get through this day. And sometimes that has to be enough. You know what I mean? Just meeting your expectations for the day. And you might not be able to do any real cathartic work today. But you always try to do, I try to do a little something every day. Whether it be read something, whether it be listen to something, whether, whatever it is, I try to, you know, create something. Creating is very important for me. Whether it be a song, a, a poem, a, a Build a shelf. You know what I mean. I, trying to create something is is, is very helpful. Well, be, being that you know you, you discussed journaling and obviously being a singer songwriter, the songs that you have created over your time span as a, as a musician, looking back on some of those from the past and what you put out now, has there been any kind of difference in in that that you can kind of put into words yeah i mean i feel like i was just having a conversation with a buddy of mine who's just a, an amazing singer songwriter and he and i are going to start doing some work together he was in a very popular band in the 90s that was had some you know had some hits um and he's a great guy a great singer songwriter but yeah, you know but was pretty awesome yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um but I said, you know, I feel like as I've gotten older, you know, and it's like anything else, you sort of develop that muscle. And if you're going to, if you're going to be a writer, you have to write. If you're going to be a songwriter, you have to write songs. You have to do it. You have to flex that muscle, you know? Um, and I feel like I've become a better songwriter as I've gotten older. But I mean, my last, my last EP and the song Black Clouds, it's actually, it's, it's about overcoming depression. It's about depression and overcoming that. I actually just released a single recently and it's called better than i've ever been and it's oh yeah it's excellent brother yeah i mean it's about coming from that um you know i did the crime i paid the consequence you know i mean so yeah a lot of that a lot of the things that i've gone through in the last three years and and realizations that i've come to have made their way into my music and i think as as a you can't be a writer unless you're a fiction writer. You know, you can't if, if you write at all from a from a from your heart and from a true perspective. Some of that's going to come out. 
you know. And you know, when I when I had a breakup, man, you're always going to get a couple of good songs out of that. Too. Oh, absolutely, yeah. right? Well, I mean, we we are in the south. Too, you got to do it, man. man. You got to get a you got anytime there's a breakup, there's going to be a good song. Out absolutely. Of that. Well, you know, you kind of threw it out there, and I cannot let you off the hook without saying thank you, brother. I dude, from the bottom of my heart and the team's heart and everything like that. When I approached you with the, well, maybe possibly, you know, <laughs> utilizing one of your songs and then, you know, bringing up Black Clouds and everything, for you to allow us the opportunity to use that as our intro and outro to Thank the song, you. man. I'm honored that you would have it yeah. as your, as your, you know, absolutely. as your music, man. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure. And, and like I said, I, I, I don't want to sound like I've got it all figured out because I don't I don't think anybody does. Um, I think working, that's good. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm a work in progress. It's like a shark, man. If you stop swimming, you die. You know what I mean? Like you, it's moving forward. I, I am, you know, although I'm focused on the present moment, what I have that's really helped bring a lot of shit to its perspective, it's always good to have a plan. It's always good to set goals and that helps you move forward. It keeps you motivated. It keeps you, um, you know, it, it, it gives you a sense of purpose, you know, and, and, uh, I'm always doing whatever I can to try to keep fighting a good fight and improve and just move forward. And it, like I said, I, I'm going to have, I will continue to have bad days and good days. And, um, but I will, I will use everything in my power to make sure that, you know, um, the bad days don't outnumber the outnumber the good ones, you know, and understanding it's part of the process and it's like, it's that whole thing. You can't appreciate the sunshine without a little rain, Absolutely. that whole deal, right? You can't get through bad times without knowing that there's good times on the other side and you can't really appreciate the good times and the good things you have in your life without having seen the other side of it. So I uh, man, I feel blessed to be able to sing a song and make a living strumming a guitar and singing. It's a, it's a true blessing, and I remind myself of that every day. And every morning when I take a shower, I write on the glass wall the shower of gratitude. That's my every morning. That That is my I, – I try to remain grateful for all of it. And I actually listened to a guy one time. I was listening to something. He said, you know, we're always grateful when things are going our way. Man, I'm grateful that I'm healthy. I'm grateful. Be grateful for all of it, even the shit that's not so good, because that's part of it. That's part of life. So be grateful for the experience. And that we're here to have it because, man, this these days and this life is a precious thing. And we don't know how much we're going to get out of it. And I want to soak it for all it's, all it's worth, man. I want to slide in the home with nothing wrong. There you go. So. There you go. Uh, and, you know, you, you had mentioned black clouds. That's something I hadn't told you that I've done yet is I was doing a quick little episode, if you will, on a couple of the the scenes things and you know our listeners if they haven't already seen it or listened to it uh, they can but uh, I didn't mention about you in there and let them listen to the song in its entirety awesome thank you and you know from no, nothing negative to say about listening to some of your songs from the past but to really see you come to what you're writing now and what you're putting out, what is organic, it flows from you now. It is different, man. Yeah. And 
it is very much appreciated. Not that's just for the show, yeah. but just for me to be in the vehicle or whatever, or go out, you know, for a job and stuff like that, and, and listen to it. It is chill, but more than just listen to it, understand. Because it's nice to know that even though you don't consider yourself a victim, you realize that there are going to be good times and bad times and that you're not alone. There's there's nothing special about you. Exactly. Like I said, I mean, I... (laughs) I mean, my family might think I'm special, but I'm not any more special than anybody else. And I'll tell you, I really appreciate you saying that. And I've had people hear that, hear Black Clouds and, and come up to me because I play, I play it live too. And, and I, I mean, I remember very distinctly, the guy ended up being sort of a friend of mine, he and his, his wife, they moved to Tennessee, but he was a really cool guy. But I played that song the first time he heard it, he came up and said, man, I know exactly what that song is about. And he said, I can relate to it thousand percent you know when you hear people say that it's like wow maybe people you know it, it, it's not like hey let's you know you're singing about you know whatever let's get the party started or you know i mean it's yeah i mean and i and i always tried to write music that was a little deeper than that but i do you know as i've gotten older man my sensibilities have changed my priorities have changed my you know my 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 attitude on life has changed and and, and i've tried to grow as a songwriter and and be be a better writer and, and I think that I am and um, if I can write and I've, I mean you know to play a song and see somebody sing along with it you know and know the words to your song is, is great or for it to touch somebody or see I've, I mean I've played songs that have brought people to tears before you know and, and to know that your music at that you know I mean that makes you feel like you're doing your job right. you know and, and I'm glad I'm able to share that experience and that it does let other people know that they're not alone you know, and that's the, that's, man, that's a very important thing. It's like, when you feel that way, if you do deal with those issues, man, sometimes you feel like, man, even if you know, you know that you have people that love and care about you, man, but you just can't process that information. You can't, it does not take that pain away. Right. Um, and, and we convince ourselves that it, you know, oh man, it's not worth, nobody really, you know, nobody really understands nobody really nobody knows the trouble i see um but yeah i mean that's how you feel and it is good to know that there are other people out there that that deal with it and that can relate you know because you know especially as men we're taught a lot of times to swallow our feelings and just keep our mouth shut and smile put that mask on and make it through the day and be strong for our families or our our spouse or whoever it is and and swallow that shit you right. know, and, and not deal with some of those things. And that's why people, you know, put a gun in their mouth or, you know, I mean, it, it's so, it, yeah, you know, I understand and know that I'm not alone. And, and, and I, I hope other people understand and know that, too, that there, there are so many, even if it's not a friend or a family member or a spouse or a loved one or an associate, there's a lot of resources out there that, you know. They can help with that stuff. Absolutely. So, and, you know, you, you were... As well as with the sobriety, too. You know, I mean, oh, I never no. went to AA. I never went to a meeting. No. I know people that go to meetings weekly, you know, but I, I, I was one of... I was a person that was fortunate enough. Aside from, like I said, the Buddhist classes, I tell people all the time, that beats a $200 therapy hour any day of the week for me. 
But I mean, I never had to seek out a sponsor or, uh, you know, somebody to sort of be, a, you know, be held accountable to. Um, but those resources are out there. And I'm not, once again, I mean, they're, they're, they're out there for a reason. And, I, and anybody that struggles with, I mean, there's NA, there's, you know, there's Narconage, there's AA, there's Overeaters Anonymous. There's, and look, man, some people use food. Some people use sex. Some people shop too much. Some people. Caffeine. Caffe- I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, everybody has their different forms of escapism. And, and, and like I said, I mean, you know, there's sex addicts, there are food addicts, there are alcohol, drugs. There's a lot of shit out there that, you know, you can, you can wrap your dirty little hands around if you really want to, you know, get into it. Um, to help, but it, it's a band-aid. It, it, it really is, and and that's what I noticed because I had so many vices, if you will, excuses, all that stuff. I'm like, man, you know, I'm, I'm never going to get over this. And I kind of analyzed it, and guess where all of that brought me back to? Me. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's exactly me. where it I don't back need to get down in the weeds and you know, focus on alcohol here and tobacco there and depression. Yeah. I need to focus on me. Absolutely. And once I brought that in, then rather than coming into me from each one of those ways, I went out and met with kind of a totally different flow and kind of a, a blocking force, if you will, <laughs> that, you know what? Go away. Just Dude, I don't have time for you. Like, kind of parting the seas, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, holy crap. And once you part that, that stuff out your way, you're like, well, damn. That path looked pretty freaking rad. I don't know what the hell's going to happen. Right. But at least I'm going to go out with a, with a clear, strict state of mind, and I'm going to go out with a, you know, the right attitude. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I mean, I, I feel like the same thing with, with I don't have a... I mean, I don't ever go like, ooh, man, I really like a drink right now. I mean, once I, man, I, like I said, and I was, I drink every single day. I just, it holds no appeal to me. And now when I'm around people that are drunk, it just drives me the fact that I do not want to fucking drink. I'm like, now I think, man, was that me? Was I that person? Was I like making no sense and spitting in everybody's face when I was talking to them and stumbling around and being, you know, staying stupid shit and not, you know, I'll tell you this, I haven't texted an ex-girlfriend at two o'clock in the morning for, for the last three and a half years, you know, I don't, I don't do any of that dumb shit anymore. That, so that can, that can also save you the next oh, day. God, man, that, the, the worst was when I would wake up the next day after being blackout drunk and look at my phone. And if all my messages were erased, that means I, I, I talk shit to somebody or I, and, and then I would have to backtrack. And then I would have to go make those apologies. And look, man, spend the next two days apologizing for what you did over the weekend. Even people, dude, even people that love you and care about you, that shit gets old. That shit gets old. It's borderline abusive. You know what I mean? It's just like, dude, don't text me at two o'clock in the morning and tell me I'm a shitty friend. Or, you know, don't look. We haven't seen each other in three years. Why are you texting me? You know, that kind of thing. And, and oftentimes, those people that you feel most comfortable with, the ones that are closest to you, that you know are there to support you, and sometimes it turns into enabling, but support you, those are oftentimes the ones that you may abuse. Absolutely. Uh, you know, through that process. Take it out of people closer to you. Because and you know what? Those, those are the people that not all 
and like we were discussing, 99.99% of the people that I used to hang out with, I don't even talk to them anymore. It's not because I'm better than them yeah, yeah. or anything like that. It's just that our commonalities anymore have changed. Are not, yeah, yeah, they've been changed. They're, and, and that to me is okay. It is okay. I mean, I don't have any, I don't feel bad at all about not going to the bar and getting, getting shit faced with, you know, and a bunch I of drunks. Even if they're my friends. Yeah, I don't feel bad for them either. <laughs> if, if they want to, it's your life. You do you. Like I'm going to do me. I don't begrudge anybody. They're, they're, they're high or their buzz or whatever they want to do. Um, I mean, do I wish everybody went about their life? I mean, I, now I feel sympathy and I feel sorry for some of those people because I know that they're probably drinking to deal with some, some of their shit and that, you know, they would probably, they're not facing their own reality. So it makes me, you know, um, feel a little bit sympathetic or empathetic because I understand it. Um, and you know, I want to see everybody do good, man. I, I hate to see people, you know, that are just miserable or drunk and miserable. I hate to see people that are, I mean, I have someone in my family right now that's drug addicted and been in rehab numerous times and can't, seem to let it go, you know, and I hate to see that struggle for anybody. And I, and I understand the struggle, you know, and, and, but until you can go to rehab, I was just watching, listening to a, and I watched a Greg Allman documentary and he's just like, I went to 14 rehabs and he said, finally, I decided I fucking had enough. And I, and he said, I quit cigarettes, cocaine, alcohol. I quit it all, everything in one. I thought, Jesus, man, for you to do that quit it all at one time after 14 rehabs, you had your mind made up. You'd had enough. And that's it. You made up his mind. He was worth it and he's going to move forward in life. Right. And nobody made, yeah. Look, I was a person that if you tried to make me do something, I was going to fight you just because you were going to try to make me do it. I was going to fight against it. That's why I didn't finish school. That's why I didn't go in the military. I had a problem with authority. If you told me you're going to do this, I was going to, I was going to not do it because you told me I had to. Um, and until I made up my own mind and, and came to my own, to my own, uh, sort of reality about, you know, where, where my life was. And again, going, this shit's not fun. I don't enjoy this. I don't like being, I don't like feeling shit all, so like shit all day after I drank all night, after I spent too much money. I don't even know what I did. So did I even pay my bar tab? You know, did I, then I drive home. Sometimes I'd have to get up in the morning and go look outside and see if my car was in the driveway. Um, when my key's still in the front door, or the car, the trunk's still open from taking my stuff out, you know, for my, my equipment out. So I don't miss it, man. And, and like I said, I, I can tell anybody, look, if you can have a responsible drink, you can have it, do things responsibly, whatever it is that you do, you know, God bless you. But if you have a, a problem, if it's affecting your life in a way that's negative, it's holding you back. If it, if you, if it does um, promote you embracing a victim mentality, man, if you get sober and let it go, it'll be the best thing that ever happened to you and, and the people in your life too, that, 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 that because the people that will continue to stay there, that will be in your life. Those are the people that really matter. And those are the people that really care about you and love you and want to see you at your best and I, I remember when I quit drinking and smoking, buddy said, man, you don't smoke anymore. You don't drink anymore. Like, what are we going to do when we hang out? 
I'm like, you can still drink and smoke and do whatever you want to do, bro. What I do is not dependent on, you know, what you do is not dependent on what I do, you know? Well, he answered his own question. What can we do when we hang out? We can hang out. Yeah, exactly. You do what, you know, I mean, I'm going to drink water, you drink. I told somebody yesterday, like, who wants to hang out with a sober vegan? What a pain in the ass. <laughs> you know, what a drag. So, but man, my life is great and I'm happy as I, as you know, as I possibly can be and I'm as, as happy as I've ever been. And I'm always moving forward and I'm always keeping myself busy with my, my loves and passions. And, um, you know, uh, I hope that whoever listens to this, that may be struggling with any form of addiction or, um, depression anxiety, whatever your issues may be, that you find some coping mechanisms and you seek those out and you find what works for you. Because like you said earlier, what works for me might not work for the next guy. You might need to go to a meeting. You might need to taper yourself off. I mean, but I, I, I wish the best for anybody that's trying to be better in life. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, well, Okay, you, you just mentioned kind of moving forward with life and everything. So what can we be looking for? What are some of the things in the future that you're, you're going to be pushing toward for Chris Sullivan? Cool, well, I'm glad you asked because I got, I'm always working on new music. So I will be, I've got a handful of new songs written. I'm deciding how and when to record them, whether I'm going to take them back in a full studio, I've got some options. Um, so I'm going to be releasing some new music. And for the listeners, where, where can they find some of your stuff? Yeah, you can, I mean, my stuff is available pretty much anywhere where you can stream music or buy music digitally, you know, iTunes, Apple music, Spotify, Pandora, um, pretty much. I mean, and there's about, 30 other ones that I don't even, you know, when you, my distributor puts music out on all streaming platforms. So you can find it everywhere out there. You can also find um, music and videos and links and all that cool stuff on my website, which is youngsullivan.com, youngsullivan.com. So there's that stuff where it'll keep you up to date on where I'm playing and, you know, what I have going on and when music will be released. Uh, but the music's out there, um, you know, to uh, digitally pretty much everywhere so okay. youtube as well i mean there's a ton of stuff on youtube digitally mainly you're, you're not gonna be coming out with any kind of cassettes here in the, in the you know people started releasing cassettes last year man that was a new hip thing to do to release cassettes again um no i won't be releasing cassette i would love to put out something on vinyl but it's really costly to do no, that. that'd be rad um I, I may um i put out i've released four singles this year so far and when i i've got five or six songs right now that i'm that are pretty much in the bucket and I'm going to decide how to release those. And eventually I may, there may be a conglomeration of those and I'll put them out on a physical disc that I'll sell at shows. Right. Um, so, but the what, meat, like I said, it's out there. What else do you have going on? Uh, well, I'm also working with a guy. Um, I'm in cahoots with a guy. I guess cahoots is not the right word. I'm working, I'm, I've become friends with a buddy of mine. His name's Andrew Hyre. He was in a really great band called Billy Pilgrim. I touched on that earlier. Super great guy. He wants to sort of put together a, um, Charleston music uh, sort of artisans thing where artists and musicians can come together and, and we're going to start doing some 
live shows together. We're going to do some writing together, do some live shows together that are listening shows where people come to actually listen to music. So you're not just in a bar where people are yelling and screaming, um, you know, and not really there to listen to music. Um, getting people together, artists together, and, and, and then bringing people in from other places to play here and then going to where they're at, you know I mean? He just played a show in Chicago this week and he's got people in Atlanta and Chicago and I've got people in New York and, you know, so we're trying to build a, a community. We're trying to build a scene here again, you know, when it used to be a great one 20 years ago and now it's, it's you know, it's, it's waning. So we're trying to, I'm working towards that. And I also have a, um, it's going to be a clothing and accessory line. It's going to be called St. Frank, and it's actually um, based around, uh, the name comes from St. Francis of Assisi, who is the patron saint of animals. And um, the, the um, theme of the clothing and accessory line will be sort of um, based around animals, and then a portion of every sale will go toward an animal charity. So, oh, that's right. So yeah, it's so to, you know, to, um, you know, be as altruistic and, and you know do do move things that you know yeah so i'm working on that as well there's always man always like i said there's always pokers in the fire and there's always some cooking on the, on in the pot so i'm just uh moving forward but those are those are things that, that i'll be looking forward to um you know the clothing thing should be i should be launching that within the next month and then the other stuff uh, you know, new music and the artisans, um, the Charleston music, uh, artisan situation should be coming together. We're, I mean, we're meeting again this week. So, you know, we're putting things together for that. So by first of the year, early spring, things should be really in full effect. Heck yeah. So it's awesome. Well, anything else? No, man. I think, yeah. I've, I think I've said it all and then some. Fair enough. I appreciate you having me. Oh, it was a pleasure right. to talk to you, man. And, yeah, just, just uh, man, always move forward and, you know, just tear that rear view mirror off and throw it out the window, man, and just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Well, Chris, uh, from the bottom of my heart, like I said, man, and definitely from, from the team, we appreciate you sitting down, letting us know a little bit about Chris Sullivan, telling us a little bit of your story, speaking your truth, not giving a fuck. If you say fuck, you know, and, and that's what makes it real. And I'm hoping that our listeners are able to take some things from this, whether it was just to get to know you a little bit better yeah. or analyze it and kind of see that we all have similar struggles, obstacles, successes, and failures in life. And we can, when we work together positively, we can learn from each other positively. We can create and carry out plans in a more positive manner. And, and that's that's cool. And, you know, something that I definitely want our listeners to remember, and they're going to if they keep listening, because I'm going to feed it into their brain housing groups each episode. But I, I want to leave you the, with this, man, is that, you are so much more powerful and worth so much more than you realize. And you'll probably ever realize. And the reason for that is because nothing exists without you. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, my brother. Thanks. I'll say this. If I can get my shit together, 
So can you. Anybody yeah. can. If I can do it, anybody can. If the two of us did, absolutely. After all those days, we're still here. Hey, then you guys can too. I appreciate you tuning in, and we'll talk soon. We're out. Cheers. All the best. Thanks, bro.